Hi, welcome to Power of the Network. I'm your host, Tim Locker, Vice President of Broadband here at CBM. Today's guest, we have Jason Johns. He's Vice President of Construction for Gateway Fiber. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I've got a lot of background in uh, construction engineering. Uh, and today we have a great conversation about building fiber of the home projects and some of the challenges in today's market. Thanks for joining us. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. We know you're a busy guy, so thank you. Um, you spent 22 years with CenturyLink, and about a year ago, you made the switch, and uh, you're working now for Gateway Fiber. Uh, tell me a little bit, what what about Gateway Fiber uh, grabbed your attention, made you want to go to work for them? Well, thanks for having me here. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, 22 years at Lumen, I had a great time. I started there with Quest Communications back in the yeah. long haul. Uh, had a lot of different roles and responsibilities, a lot of friends. Uh, but it was time to move on. About three years ago or so, I knew I wanted a, diff- a change. Yeah. Uh, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to get to a probably a smaller company, a growth company, and uh, one that was, you know, fit my, from people and culture perspective. Okay. So I wasn't in a hurry to change. Yeah. I just started looking, and the gateway uh, opportunity came up, like you said, about a year ago. Yeah. And and meeting with them and 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 doing research and knowing some of the uh, people over there, it made, it made the jump. And, and it's been fantastic. I love it over there. Uh, we have a, a aggressive build uh, yeah. uh, forecast in front of us. Uh, the people are great, you know, and it's just been a wonderful time so far. That's awesome. That's great. So, uh, Gateway, you know, they're a relatively new company. Founded in what I believe 2019 yep. from uh, Selenrick Construction. Shout out to those guys. Um, you know, so they started building fiber to the home in uh, communities in and around St. Louis. Um, now, you know, four or five years later, uh, like you said, your growth plan, you're, you're jumping into multiple states, uh, you know, building fiber like crazy. Um, w- what are some of the challenges that you face with such an aggressive uh, build schedule? Well, it's a lot of fun for, for first, right? I mean, so we have a, a new markets team that really identifies our next area of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so really, when, when you talk about going into a new market, there's a lot of different uh, hurdles, challenges that you got to get through. One, you got you got to educate the new community on who you are. You know, yeah. you, you get up to, you know, who is Gateway Fiber? And so and do you think that's more difficult when you say you make a jump from, you know, it's one thing to go from St. Louis to Columbia, uh, maybe another thing to go from St. Louis to Minneapolis. It, do you find that more difficult to educate the customers? You know, it's a it's 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 similar. You know, if they haven't heard about you, mm-hmm. I think I think in the Missouri market it, it was a little more um, uh, natural because we were just founded in Missouri yeah. and, and and our roots are here, and so you know we we know the landscape. Uh, but when you go, you know, the the questions we get when we go to, like, Min, uh, Minneapolis, for instance, we're building in Blaine and Coon Rapids right now, is like, you know, why here? You know, why did you choose us? Why did you why did you disconnect, yeah. the, you know, a thousand miles away, you know? And so that education is, is part of it. And, and that's one thing I was going to ask, too. Yeah, how do you identify that market that's so far away? What what are the what are the things that you're looking for, you know, as a business plan to where do you identify that market? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that go into play there. I mean, so when we when we look at new markets, we're looking at you know what what the competitive landscape looks like. Is there fiber to the home in, at, in these communities already, or are they underserved? 
what is the density of the market? Yeah. You know, you know, because I mean, if if it's you know, you got a lot of underserved markets that might be three or four thousand people, and, and they need to be served as well. But it, you know, up there, you know, there's a hundred thousand underserved. You know, and so and so when you look at where to go next, you also want you know a little bit of runway, you know, from a growth perspective. Yeah, that makes sense. How long will it take you to build to a hundred thousand homes, a hundred thousand folks? Well, I mean, is that even in the plan? What's your of that? You know, how much of that? market do you plan to it's less about it's less about what you can build because i mean you can you can you can ramp with drill crews and and material to to build you know however much you want but it's more about you know what the cities that you're building in can handle you know because you have you have locate issues you have you know the cities the cities can only process so many permits you know there's throttling issues that that the cities put on us Okay. So, so what we try to do, and you've seen it in our St. Louis market, is we target you know four or five different cities so that we can grow you know at at a re- more rapid pace. But if you but the cities themselves are sometimes the biggest challenge to work with, and it's it because they they're just not supporting us. You know they they got everything else they're supporting as well. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, from the city's perspective, uh, if if you've got an underserved area. Uh, I mean, they have a lot to gain. You know, people do, uh, they pick where they're going based on broadband. That's just something people do these days. So uh, I guess why would a city slow you down? They don't do it on purpose, okay. but they got other work. You know, they, they're, they're, they're doing their road projects. They're doing their, you know, storm and water upgrades. And, they're, and then they got other people doing work in their cities, you know. And so they only have so much capacity. There's only so much city staff that can, that can do this for Okay, so you've got uh, educating the customers in the new markets, um, you know, hurdles that come along with the city, permits, et cetera. Uh, what, what are some of the other hurdles you face? You know, when we get into the construction phase of it, one of the biggest things that, that is problematic is uh, utility locating, you know, you know uh, outside of the city even. So you got your, your private par- uh, party locating, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if if there's a delay in them locating, which is a big problem, I mean, you know, there's there's a a a lot of work going on in, in all these different municipalities, and so if 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 they're slow to respond, we can't drill, you know, from yes. an underground per- perspective, or you know, if there's a uh, if it's mismarked, you know, if, if they're not doing a good job locating it, it slows us down as well, you know, and we are very, you know, Gateway Fiber is very uh, proud of our uh, damage prevention uh, program. Uh, we we are uh, hypersensitive to uh, safe uh, drilling practices, sure. and so you know, you know, it is important for us to drill safely in the communities because every every you know household is a potential customer of ours, yeah. and so if we hit something, you know, e- even if it's our even if it's not our fault because the locate was off, it still it still reflects on us. Yeah, and so so that that locating that third party locating is a big issue for us right now. So for some of the folks that may not know, what are the parameters of the locate? So you call, you know, you call in a locate. What is, what's the time frame? Explain to people what that process, you know, from the day you call it in to when you can actually work. How does that work? Every state's a little bit different, but you can, you, general guidelines are, you know, from the time you call it in, it's, it's two business days later. So you can start about three days later. Um, you know, is that practical? 
if you're calling in large swaths of, of area, it's not. And so we try to manage that as well. Um, you know, from a locate perspective, the locate, you know, uh, are supposed to be within two foot of the facilities. So we're digging, we're potholing the facilities and it, that, that mark on the ground, you know, that, that orange mark, which is a, a, a communication line or the yellow mark, which is a gas line, is supposed to be within two foot of where they put that paint down. And so, and so, you know, we pothole all those areas and, and we start, we start to working. verify it, make to sure verify it's, it's where it is yeah. and, and, and how deep it is, you know, cause that'll, that'll change where we put our, put our pipe. All right, real quick, let me tell you a little bit about what we do here at CBM. So we're a manufacturer's rep located here in the Midwest. Uh, we work in three different vertical markets, uh, utility space. Uh, we work in communications and also commercial industrial markets. Uh, we've been in business since 1960, uh, been an employee-owned ESOP since 1988. Uh, we really value that uh, employee ownership in our organization, and I think it brings a lot to uh to value our manufacturers as well. So if we can be of any service to you and help you in your next project, or if you're a manufacturer looking for expert representation, feel free to reach out to us here at CBM. That's cbmrep.com. You know, one of the things that uh, that companies seem to struggle with is the balance between, you know, quality and cost. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're all, we're all uh, responsible to the bean counters. Um, but um, what are you doing in your network to ensure that your infrastructure is going to last for 20, 30 years? How do you ensure that quality? Well, first of all, I mean, from a, from a you know, cost perspective, you know, there is a lot of downward pressure. I mean, we, we want to put the best network, network in place at, at a very, you know, reasonably priced uh, sure. uh, price point. Um, you know, but it, it's twofold, right? I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, w- w- it, you can't gold plate it either, right? I mean, there, you know, so you, you look at your labor costs, you look at your material costs, but it's all one, right? It, it, the way I look at it, it it's, it's really one unit because you can have, you know, you can be putting in a great product and if you're using cheap labor, then they might not be putting it together right. Or you can be That's putting a together. You, you'd be putting together. You can have a cheap product with good labor, and it's not going to last. So it's really, it's really finding you know where your sweet spot is as a company on, on how how to go forward with that. You know, you you really want to maintain the 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 issues that we have in the industry right now. To be honest with you, is is you know when it, those maintenance costs that come up. You know, and you know, do you want them in five years? Do you want them in ten years? Do you want you know when are the, when is this thing going to fail? Yeah. You know, that you're going to have to go out and, and replace that. And that's, that's, a, that's kind of that soft cost that, that is hard to and do you, articulate. I, you know, I, I guess in my opinion, I think a lot of companies don't budget for that. Um, you know, uh, what I see is people are, you know, either getting funding and they're, or they're using CapEx funds and building these projects, but they're not accounting for that maintenance down, down the road. And that, you know, those maintenance dollars come right off the top end. Yeah, I would say I would say when you talk about budgeting, I think there is a budget for it, but it's kind of like a run rate budget. It's yeah. not it's not on the front end. It's not like hey, this is going to save me money ten years down the road. Like you know that yeah. you know we're trying to be that thoughtful right now. We're trying to understand you know what whether you know whatever that product is, you know whether that's that handhold, that splice case, uh, what have you, that it it is going to last. 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's coming into the market, as you're well aware. Yeah. That's, that's you know, it's flimsy, it's cheap, and, it's, and we, you can tell it's not going to last. Yeah. You know, they, they try to sell you on, it might be, you know, $15 cheaper, you know, but, you know, you know, really the, the cost savings for a lot of this stuff is getting that product that fits your build plan that's a solid product and that maybe drives down labor. If you can find that, I mean, yeah. you can spend more money on a handhole or a case if, if it actually is, is going to last longer or even in a better world, gonna, gonna, you, can, you can drive the labor cost down. So the labor cost exceeds the material. And in the, in the cost of the build, labor is the bigger part of the it's puzzle. It's the biggest driver. Bigger yep. part of the puzzle. So yep. you know, one of the things I think that can help with the labor cost uh, is standards. You know, doing things consistently, more repetition, doing things the same thing over time, uh, that's going to drive that labor cost down. Uh, you know, and one of the things that we love, uh, you know, being able to work with companies like you to help establish those standards, uh, you know, kind of get in the weeds and figure out what products make sense, maybe maybe different construction practices and those kinds of things. But uh, how have those kinds of standards helped you or do you even have standards in place that um, that you go on day, day to day? So we do have standards. Um, from from a from a material perspective and you know uh, installation uh, perspective, we we are really fine tuning that right now. We're actually we've just started an initiative uh, to drill down into that deeper. Uh, we want to make sure that you know we can present our standards to anybody that comes in, and we and we have a you know for lack of a better term, kind of a, a research and development type of a, acceptance for anything new coming in. Okay. Because you want you, you really want to minimize your SKUs too. You just don't want to have all these different SKUs in your in your portfolio. And so we've we're hoping by the first of the year to have that, you know, really uh, honed in and developed so that we can start, you know, understanding, you know, what our next phase is. Because there is going to be a new mousetrap that comes out. Yeah. Right. That that you want to evaluate and put into your well, portfolio. That's, yeah, that's one thing that I wanted to ask too. So uh, you know, a lot of, especially, you know, in, with contractors, you know, you hear this a lot, you know, we've, we've done it this way for 20 years, you know, and that's great. And that's some of the consistency we talk about, but how, how do you keep those standards then flexible so that you're allowing these new and potentially better processes or products or such on, you know, to get into the network? How you got to kind of play both sides of that fence a little bit. Well, you do. I mean, you know, I've told people forever, you know, they ask me what I do and I tell them I dig ditches for a living. You know, that's what we do. We dig ditches, we put conduit in the ground, we put cable in the ground. Uh, the, but there's been a lot of innovation and change over those last 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big believer in trying new things. I'm a big believer in failing fast. So you want to evaluate it you yeah. want, you, and you don't, you don't want to just beat your head. But to your point, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pushback on this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. Right. And and you sh- and, and that's gonna that's gonna stifle innovation. That's gonna stifle progression. Yep. You know, you got to be open minded to try new things. To to you know, be have that mindset that you're not you're maybe not doing it right. There could be a better way. There there, are, there well there is a better way. Yeah. You may it might not be for today, but eventually there's gonna be a better way. That's just how we operate. Yeah. You know. Uh, that's a great perspective for sure. Okay. And so your title, your vice president of construction. That's, that's right. right. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your team now and, um, share a little perspective on how, you know, what you've done in the past, uh, affects, you know, your leadership role today. 
Well, I started out as, as a field engineer, mm-hmm. actually a field engineer assistant. Uh, we were building, uh, back in the late 90s, uh, uh, conduit and cable from city to city. And so uh, we, were out, we were out in the field. And so, you know, from a boot-on-the-ground perspective, yep. I've kind of done it all on that engineering and construction side. And I, I've made my way up. And so my team now, you know, I've pretty much done everything they're doing. And so I understand what their day-to-day operation looks like. Yeah. So so I can I can empathize with what they're doing, but I understand I can also see them uh, areas of opportunity so I can coach them up and so they can grow as well. So okay, yeah, I think so yeah, having the the boots on the ground and being in their position in the past is obviously huge. Um give me a little bit of an idea of what your team looks like today. You know, how many people uh you know, are working for you? Uh, is it direct folks or is it more a, a broad? Um, well, my organization is, 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 it's growing. I mean, sure. it's rapidly growing right now. So we, we have a couple different verticals within that. We have, we have engineering, which is focused on just your, you know, just what it is, the, yep. the, the design and the, uh, the, uh, inventory of our, uh, uh, plant. Uh, we have uh, construction managers that is responsible for running the uh, uh, the crews and interfacing with the cities and, and the uh, and the homeowners to resolve any issues like that. And then we have an inspection group as well um, that that goes out and makes sure that that you know post installation everything's to our standards. So those are the three the three main verticals. Okay. Um, it's we we have a centralized team too that just supports all of it. Yeah. So. Okay. Great. So, uh, you know. Being in the industry as long as you've had, I'm sure you've developed, uh, you know, a bunch of relationships over the years. You know, some probably good, some probably bad. Um, Obviously, uh, in my position, relationships are critical to our success. Uh, Is that the same for you and your position? You'd be surprised how small telecommunication is. I mean, it it is really for for what, from a coast-to-coast perspective with all the different companies, it's really a very small um, industry from yeah. from a people perspective, a tight knit you know? group. It is, and 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 you're you're dealing with the same uh, cities and railroads and and coworkers and peers from other companies. It's, it's very interesting for me. You know, I, I talk about it a lot. You know, you go to a different you know conference or you go to a, a, a city a meeting, and it's the same people. You know, they might be wearing a different hat, yep. but it's the same people. Yep. They've changed jobs, just like I have recently. Yep. But but it's it's it is those relationships, you know, and and that's the thing that really that really drives success is if you can if you can foster those relationships. Yeah, and I think you're right, and that's probably a lot of the reason why nobody leaves this industry because it's I mean it's it's in general great people, uh, y- you know, and, and it's it's really a tight knit group of folks, and it's really hard to leave for sure. Well, there's some that might, we might want to leave, but you know, uh, but you got to work with those guys as well, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. and that I think that's what drives uh, the the those of us that have been in it for that long, for as long as we have. I think that's what that's what keeps us going because it is a great group of people. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jason as much as I did. Uh, we're going to have him back to continue our conversation on the next episode. Uh, so please stay tuned for that coming out. If you need expert advice on a project or looking for representation from a great sales force, reach out to us here at CBM. That's cbmrep.com. Uh, please leave us a review. And uh, thanks again for joining us on Power of the Network.